But if these words are curses, if they are blasphemous words, if these are words to uh, condemn and hate and judge, Jesus said, you will give account thereof. Well, hello, my friend. Welcome once again to Kingdom Rock Radio. Thank you so much for joining me on this wonderful ride. As you know, we're in a series entitled Watch Your Mouth. We're talking about the power of the tongue. The Bible declares that there is life and death in the power of the tongue. And we're talking about that during this series. And I pray that every episode takes you higher and higher and higher. And we're going to have a great time today. Believe me. Now, don't forget, if you have missed any parts of the series, just go to the website at www.kingdomrock.org. You can hear the entire series there or just subscribe to our podcast. It's available on most platforms. So check it out today. Without any further ado, here comes part number two of the series. Watch your mouth. Ooh, let's get into it right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, today we're going to go back into the series entitled, Watch Your Mouth. Watch Your Mouth. And this is part number two of that series. Remember, if you haven't heard part one, you can go to our website and hear that. And uh, you can download the, the video and the audio and all of that stuff. And we welcome our online community. Online community, we love you. Wherever you're listening or watching right now, we want you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that... Uh, we really do love you guys, and we're praying for you. Kingdom Rock, let's welcome our online community. Hallelujah. We welcome you. We welcome you, and you are part of this service. All right, let's go to uh, James, back to James, the third chapter. James, the third chapter. James, the third chapter. Got a lot of things to share with you this week that the Lord has been showing to me, and I'm very anxious uh, to give it to you. I'm excited, should I say, yeah. to give you God's rich word. So let's go back to read uh, James, the third chapter, verses 1 through 12 of uh, the King James Version, and this is how it reads. It reads, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great, are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small, um, with a very small helm. Whithersoever uh, the governor listeth, or very small rudder, right? Wherever the, the captain of the ship commands the, the driver to go. Verse 5, even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and set on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beasts and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we man, which are made after the similitude of God. 
Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessings and cursings. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doeth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine, figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. All right, let's go back up to verse number one. Remember, we're taking this line by line and really getting into this because your tongue, your mouth, the words that you speak are so important. They are so valuable. And understanding the role of your words in your life will really help, help to shape your life and help to shape your entire world. Verse 1 says again, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that ye shall receive the greater condemnation. I like the way the NIV says it. It says this way, Not many of you should become teachers. My, uh, my fellow believers, why is that? Because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. Now, we understand that not just the teacher, of course, the teacher is judged or uh, his words are scrutinized or his words are looked at under a microscope like mine are now. But not only the teacher, but also all of us. Notice the word of God said that they will be judged more strictly, which means that all of us will be judged with, uh, with in some sort of measure, Right. It's just not, oh, pastor, oh, teacher. It's just not uh, for them, but it's for all of us. Let me bring that out to you in Matthew, the 12th chapter. Let's go over this one more time. Matthew 12, verses uh, 36 through 37. We'll bring this to light and about the importance of your words. Matthew 12, 36 through 37 says this, but I say unto you that every what word? Every idle word that men shall speak they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Stop right there for a second. Every idle word. Now, I want to bring uh, that word to you more specifically so that you really understand that word idle. It says again that every idle word that men, that is that man, woman, boy, girl, that mankind shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Now, we already know that if you are born of God, born again, this is not talking about hell. Hallelujah. Well, Jesus has already taken care of that. His precious blood has already washed your sins away. You are favored in the sight of God. But there is a holy standard that God has set up for the believer. And when you fall below that standard, something goes wrong. As a matter of fact, when we move outside of the will of God for our lives, we become uh, susceptible, susceptible to every evil work of the enemy. When you move outside of the will of God for your life, you bring, you actually welcome the enemy's attacks because he's been waiting to attack you for a while. And when we step outside of the will of God for our lives, we're not going to hell, glory to God, but you will sure feel uh, the enemy's uh, tauntings on you even the more so. I like thinking about sci-fi sort of things. You go outside the will of God, start doing things outside the will of God for your life. You're not going to hell, but your shields come down. And those same darts that have been firing at you that have been deflected by your shield, now your shield is down, and now they simply just come right into you. 
You understanding? So hear this word. He says, every idle word that we speak will give account thereof in the day of judgment. So the day of judgment is not in the sweet by and by, but it's actually at, that, at a very crucial moment, crucial moment for us when things are about to take place, when you're about to go to your next level. That day of judgment. What happens on the day of judgment? Now, here again, the day of judgment for the world, in the worldly sense, talks about the day when God will judge them, period. But for the born again believer, the day of judgment really speaks about, for us, it really speaks about a time of promotion. Anytime you're about to be promoted on your job, there is a day of judgment. There's a day when your actions are weighed in the scale, so to speak. Are you going to go up or will you remain at the same place where you are? He said, you'll give an account thereof in the day of judgment, on the day of promotion, when your actions are weighed. Now, again, you're not going to hell, but will you progress to the next level? Your words have a lot to do with that, whether you go to the next level or not. Are you hearing? Now, an idle word are simply uh, words that are useless, words that are unprofitable, words that really don't matter uh, toward the kingdom of God. An idle word, again, are words that are unprofitable, those that are useless. One translation says, again, these are words that are unemployed. These are words that don't build, that don't build God's people up. An idle word, the words that don't build people up, they don't encourage God's people, they don't edify, they don't build up, they don't bring glory to God. Just idle words, just idle chatter. Now, we'll find that, and we'll look at this later on, that the word of God comes from our heart, right? He says, uh, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. We'll look at that in Romans 10 a little bit later on. And there also, um, in the book of Mark, he talks about, um, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things that he says shall come to pass. He'll have, so well, he'll have whatsoever he says. There's a connection between the heart and the mouth. There's a connection. And when you, when you say words based on that connection, when those words come up and come out, these are the words that uh, we're subject to be judged by. Okay? Not just... Uh, hello, how you doing? How was your day? Oh my goodness, I, that's an idle word. You know, no, 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 no. No, the words that are connected to your heart, the words that are connected to your soul, these are words that you really believe and they really come forth. You know, words that are connected to the heart, words that are connected to the soul. These intense emotional words. This is what he's talking about. Because in those moments, when, when you can either send forth a blessing, I bless you, it's from the heart, I love you, and I want to bless you, or I can't stand you, and I want to curse you. These are words that are connected to the heart. These are words that are spoken either in a fit of rage or in a moment of pure love. These are words that are connected to the heart. Not just, oh, you didn't tie your shoe. Oh, my goodness, was that an idle word? It didn't glorify God, did it? No, it's the words that are connected to the heart, words that are connected to the soul, words that start within and come out. 
We'll look at this later on. Jesus says that, you know, out of the heart flows, it comes, out of the heart comes murders and, and all the, every evil work and all that sort of stuff, it comes from within. But when you tie your words, when your mouth gets ready to speak, uh, and, uh, and you begin to release something, if it's not glorifying to God, if it's not building up your fellow man in that moment, then those are idle words. I hope, I hope that's getting clear to you. So it's just not random words. Like you, you go in somewhere and someone says, what, what, what direction is it? Well, go down the street and turn left and turn right. This, not those sort of words, but words that are filled with passion, words that, have, words that come truly from your heart, words that come truly from within. That make sense? We're held accountable for those words. So let's look a little bit further, and all that will make sense to you as we go on. And so he says, I tell you, um, he said, uh, verse number 36, but I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of, in the day of judgment. Uh, verse 37, for by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Now again, I, believe, I hope that you can see this a little bit clearer now. It's not talking about you ask somebody, can I have a pen? Oh my goodness, that's an idle word. You have dirt on your shoe. Oh no, no, no. It's the words that proceed from the heart. Those passion-filled, those spirit-filled words that come from within, that come up and come out. Let me give you another example about that. These are words that, um, that are so passionate at times you have to restrain yourself from saying them because they want to come out so bad. Either you, you say, I'm in love with somebody. Can I tell her I love them? Mm, 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 mm. Maybe it's too soon to tell them I love them. Mm, mm. My wife and I were first, you know, we're dating when I, I knew her just only for a month or two. I wanted to tell her I love her. I did. I want to tell that. I chickened out and told her, I care about you. (laughs) I really, I really care about you. I I care about you. But really, my heart was screaming out, I love you. (laughs) You know, I had to hold that back. Those are heartfelt words that I had to restrain myself from saying. But then, (sighs) I couldn't hold it back any longer. I had to marry her. (laughs) You understand? Then we have those heartfelt, angry words that you try so desperately to hold back, but they want to—they want you want to explode on someone. These are the type of words. If they are bringing glory to God, wonderful. If they're edifying your fellow man, edifying the believer, wonderful, then those words are not idle. But if these words are curses, if they are blasphemous words, if these are words to uh, condemn and hate and judge, Jesus said, you will give account thereof. Everyone will. So someone says something cruel and harsh and hateful to you, understand, you're going to give an account for that. Because those words are filled with passion. It comes from within. It has a certain weightiness. And he says, by your words, you'll be justified. Wonderful. And by your words, you'll be condemned. 
Again, for the believer, hell is off the table. By your word, you'll be promoted. Or by your word, you'll stay right where you are because you're not showing the level of maturity yet that it will take for that next level. Are you hearing me? This is why the Bible says in Psalm 141, I want you to get this. Make sure you write this down. Psalm 141, verse number three, one verse. It says, uh, set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. Set a watch. Set a watch, O Lord. The word watch there means to guard. Put a guard, put a guard, an armed guard if you have to, Lord, uh, before my mouth. And keep the door of my lips. Don't let me say this trash and say this filth. Help me, Lord. Remember, we just read in the book of James that no man can tame the tongue. And you ask, because of that, you're asking God for his help. If you don't ask God for his help, there's no way in the world that you can human physically do it. Taming the tongue is coming by the spirit, the Holy Spirit, and not by human efforts. Are you hearing me? And look at this. Let me show you another powerful reason why you're going to have to restrain that tongue uh, in Proverbs 18.21. You know this very well. Proverbs 18.21. It says what? Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. You hold death and life in your mouth. Death and life in your mouth. Now, again, you have to watch your mouth. It's not just what you say. It's, uh, but, it, you know, you've heard it's not just what you say, but how you say it. And let me say it this way, too. It's not just what you say, but how you say. It's the spirit that you're in when you say it and the spirit that you release as you say it. Because your words are containers. Let's go over that for a moment. Your words are containers. It's like I told you before, it's like uh, your words are um, uh, like they're bubbles that come out of your soul, that come up and come out. And in every bubble, contained in every bubble are the, are, are the, are the words. And they travel out of your mouth. You've seen them on cartoon characters, right? They have a speaking and, you know, and bubbles are all coming out their mouths and all that. Those are your words. They, they go out. They go forth. They go out. And they pop over um, the intended person. Or they could pop in the atmosphere. Pop, pop, pop in the atmosphere. And the atmosphere can be filled with hate. It can be filled with rage. It can be filled with um, uh, love. It can be filled with joy and peace. The atmosphere, not only the atmosphere in our homes or in the building, but in the community. There are different places where I have gone, where I'm sure you've traveled too, and you've seen, or rather you've sensed or felt the difference in an atmosphere, the difference over, over a city, whether it is a fear or uh, where, 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 whether it's love or care and compassion, whether it's hatred or, or racism. You feel the stuff over the city because many people have been cultivating that atmosphere through the words that they are releasing, through the words that they are releasing. They say, oh, I'm afraid. And not just saying I'm afraid, but it's the words that come out of the heart, those heartfelt words, heartfelt words that they are are releasing in the atmosphere. Now, if you look at this too in the, on the demonic side, look at this too in terms of, uh, of witchcraft, what they do, they will chant. 
And what does chanting do? What, what is chanting? They're saying words over and over and over and over again. And it begins to charge the atmosphere where charge the atmosphere where they are. Why are they doing that? So another spirit can come and dwell in that atmosphere that they're creating. They're trying to create an atmosphere, trying to create a place for that spirit to dwell. So they chant this and they say these negative words, say these negative words, and it builds up and it builds up and it builds up. And these uh, demonic powers will come and fill that atmosphere. Well, the same token here. See it also on the positive side. God gave mankind the ability again to generate an atmosphere. Whether it's used for the negative or whether it's used for its intended purpose for the Father. Well, we declare Jesus. We declare Jesus in this atmosphere. We release faith in this atmosphere. We declare holy, holy, holy in this atmosphere. We declare, Father, you're great, you're wonderful. And we say this, what happens in the atmosphere? And we create an atmosphere for the presence of God to come, hallelujah. We declare, Lord, you're welcome in this place. You're welcome in this place. And by our words, like those bubbles, they come up and they bust in the atmosphere and it creates a place a welcoming place for the spirit of God to dwell for the holy angels to come and to dwell hallelujah you say oh I don't know that well think about it again in terms of our homes you're cussing and, and fussing at each other when you come in there's demonic activity you can feel it you can sense it you can sense it and you can't tell me that uh, that the devil's kingdom is stronger than God. It's impossible. Can't be so. So you create atmospheres with the words that you say. And we are simply held accountable for the words that we speak, for the atmospheres that we create. And I can say this too, for the worlds that you also create and shape. Because your words can create or help and I can say this to help to shape someone else's reality. Parents speaking over their children can help to create their reality. You speaking over others can help to create their reality, their world that they live in. We can grow up uh, fully confident in Christ or, f- or we can grow up uh, feeling ashamed and uh, you know just feeling having low self-esteem and grow up insecure because of the words that have been spoken to us we can grow up straight or we can grow up crooked because of the words spoken to us this is why the Lord said by your words you'll be justified or by your words you'll be condemned So right there, let's take a moment and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we repent, Lord, for speaking idle words. Lord, we repent for speaking idle words. And Lord, we ask you, we confess our sins before you. And Lord, you said you're faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all sin and unrighteousness. So Father, we ask now for forgiveness and we receive forgiveness for every idle word. And we declare that they are washed away in the precious blood of Jesus. And Lord, we also ask that you would set a watch about our mouths, set a guard about our mouths and guard our lips. In the name of Jesus, that we would speak things that are glorifying to you and edifying to your people in Jesus' name. Say with me, God help me.
because your mouth is powerful. Are you hearing me? It's powerful. Let's go to verse number two as we continue on. It says, verse two says, for in many things, in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able to bridle the whole body. We said this verse really is interpreted. Uh, we all make mistakes. We err, we sin. If a person does not make a mistake, err, or sin, when he speaks, that person is strong enough to restrain and control what he does. Now, I want you to notice, notice the word bridle in that verse. Notice the word bridle. It says again, if any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man, meaning mature, complete, right? Full grown, full grown. If a man offend not in word, the same as a full grown, fully mature uh, person and able to bridle, say bridle, say bridle, bridle, and able also to bridle the whole body. Now, a bridle, I want you to get this, I want you to get this. A bridle is an instrument used to guide, we would say guide a horse, right? It's used to guide him. It is also used to control him. It is also used, uh, uh, for many, again, let me say it again, guide or control, uh, or the control could be persuasive or the control could be by force. The horse may not want to go this way. So bridle is used to control, either, either guide him, persuade him, or control him by force. Now, why would God put this there? Understand something. He said this, this person is a perfect person. In other words, they are fully mature, fully developed, but they still have to, he says, enable or strong enough to bridle the whole body, which means after you are fully mature, you're still going to have to restrain your mouth. You may be fully mature, your soul may be fully, fully mature, but that mouth will still require you to restrain it. Say, I'm mature, I know the word, praise the Lord, but you still will have to restrain your tongue. Which means this person here, fully mature, perfect, fully mature, full grown, and has and is strong enough to uh, to not to say something. In other words, the words may come up, but they don't come out. You understand that? The words may come up, but they don't come out when they're not edifying to God, or rather edifying to his people and glorifying to, glorifying to the Father. Does that make sense? Are we making sense today? I want you to really get this. Now, let's look at that same verse out of um, James, the third chapter, verse number two, uh, the Amplified Bible. It says, if, if verse two says, for we all stumble and sin in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, never says the wrong thing. He is a perfect man, fully developed in character without serious flaws, able to bridle his whole body and reign in his entire nature, taming his human faults and weaknesses. That doesn't say when you get mature, you will never, you won't have weaknesses anymore. That doesn't say that. But you'll be able to 
hold them, to deal with them through the power of the Spirit. Does that make sense? All right. So let's look again. Let's look again at um, James 1, verse 19 through 20. And uh, let me read this for you out of the New Living Translation, and we're going to go a little bit further. Here again, we're talking about, really, today's title is Hold Your Tongue. Hold Your Tongue. There are times when you will need to speak, and there are times when you will not need to speak. Say with me, Father, help me hold my tongue. Because I'm telling you, man cannot tame your tongue. You won't be able to tame your tongue, but the Spirit can. Hallelujah. Look at this again, James 1. 19 through 20, uh, the New Living Translation, listen to how it reads. It says, understand this, my, uh, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen. What? What's the next verse? A phrase? Slow to speak and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. Notice it says, be slow to speak, quick to listen, and slow to speak. I think many times it's the opposite of that today. We are quick to speak and slow to listen. Isn't that right? But the reverse of that is how we should live. This is not a suggestion. This is the Lord training us and showing us really who we really are and how we should really act. So he's saying here, we ought to be quick to listen. I know you're mad. I know you're upset. I know they rubbed you the wrong way. I know that there are words bubbling up now. They are bubbling up, bubbling up, bubbling up on the inside. Because remember, whenever something strikes you, those words come up. Your words are your first defense. Your words come up. Because understand, we are formed in the image and likeness of God. When God created something, he wanted to create something, he spoke it. When God wants something to go away, he speaks it. When Jesus comes again uh, with the heavenly host, the heavenly army with, with us, the Bible says that there will be a sword in his mouth. Amen. It's defense and offense, the sword. So when you are touched, when you are struck, the very first thing is going to come up is going to be a word. Amen. Always a word. It's going to come up and come out. So... The Lord said here, when you, basically, when there's an opportunity to be angry, when, there, when there's an opportunity for you to lash out, the Lord said, be slow, or rather be uh, quick to listen, slow to speak. The word slow here means not fast. Isn't that something? That's amazing. Not fast. Take the time, in other words, take the time to weigh your words and weigh their impact. Understand, you have a cannon in your mouth. You have a nuclear bomb in your mouth. And you, with just one word, the Bible talks about how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Another translation says how great, I mean, um, a little spark, a little spark can start a whole forest to burn down. That's the power that's within your tongue. Just a little spark can cause so much damage. And one man uh, said, well, I need to teach my son about the power of words. My son doesn't understand about the power of words, so this is what he said. This is what he did. He said, son, I want you to take a, go outside and um, 
And I want you to gather up all these leaves, or rather, no, no, it was feathers. He had one of those feather, he had a lot of feathers, and he put the feathers in a, in a bag. And he said, all right, I want you to go outside, and I want you to go in the front yard. It was a very windy day. He said, I want you to go out, and, and you release all those feathers. Now go and, get, now go and catch them. <laughs> go and get them. That's like your words. Once they're gone from you, they are gone from you. And if a word comes up from your heart, from your soul, that is filled with rage, and it comes up and it comes out, boom! The devastation. The devastation. And let me tell you this. The higher you grow in God, the higher you grow in God, the more powerful you become in Christ Jesus, the more you become like him, the more devastating your words. The more devastating and and painful your words can become. Because you carry his likeness in his image. This is why he said, hey, watch what you say. Watch what you say. So he says, be Slow to speak, or rather, uh, um, yeah, slow to speak, but be quick to listen. Quick to listen. Okay. Mm. Tell me. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 Slow to speak. Slow to speak may also mean that you don't have to say anything in that moment. Let me get back with you. Let me get back with you because I feel this nuke powering up inside of me. Mm. Mm. Let me get back. It may be the end of the day. It may be the end of the, end of the week, but I'll get back with you. When? When my words are not so much coming from within like that. You understand what I'm saying to you? When my words can be edifying and can come from a good place. When I can be in the right spirit and not in a hateful spirit, not in a vengeful spirit, vindictive spirit. Let me wait till I'm in the right spirit, because when I'm in the right spirit, I can release a right spirit. Are you hearing me? Say with me, I will be quick to listen and slow to speak. Now, this is what I want you to do, too. Before you speak, I want you to think, and I think I told some of you that were here on Wednesday night, this in the love series, I want you to be, I want you to think before you speak, and the word think is an acrostic, meaning every letter is a word. The T in think is true, it's the word true. Is what I'm about to say true? Is what I'm about to say true? The H and think is helpful. Is it helpful? Is what I'm about to say true? Is it helpful? The I is inspiring. Is it inspiring? Is it going to edify them and build them up? The I is inspiring. The N is necessary. Is this necessary for me to say, or is it necessary for me to say right now? Is it really necessary? And the K in think is kind. Is it kind? Is it kind? So before you speak, you need to think. You need to think, is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Is it kind? 
Are you hearing me? Let's go and begin to close out. I want you to see this as well. In James 1, 26 through 27, I hope that you're really getting this today. Look at this as well out of the New Living Translation, James 1, verse 26 and 27. It says this, if you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, the Father, means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Now, the word religion here means fearing God. Fearing God. And really it has the connotations of trembling and, and it's, it talks about reverencing Father, reverencing the Father, revering Him, living a life that living a life that reverences and honors God. Okay, living a life that reverences and honors God. This talks about the word religion here. Also talks about worship, giving Him true worship. So you say. The word says, if you claim to really fear God, if you claim to really truly worship him, and you don't control your mouth, you don't control your tongue, what you're doing is worthless. It is useless. It has no value. Now, the word is saying this. So this is the heart of God. So the father's saying what you're doing. You say you honor me. You say you worship me. You say you love me. You say you adore me, but you don't control your mouth. You don't control your tongue. What you're doing for me is worthless. Now, that's pretty powerful. King James says, if you don't bridle your tongue. I love that word. It says bridle here in the um, New Living, New Living Translation, it says uh, control, and that word there in King James, really translated, is bridle. And the word bridle, again, means to hold back or to restrain. Hold back or to restrain. So look at that. Look at, that. Look at this in the context. Here's a person who is trying, I, I would assume, trying their best to worship God, trying their best to serve God, but yet and still there are occasions when something wrong will bubble up. He said if you truly, if you claim to be religious, if you claim to be a follower of Christ in many words, if you claim to honor God, if you claim to love him, if you claim to really want to worship him and give him true worship, and if you don't control your mouth, if you don't control your tongue, what you are doing, your religion is useless. It is worthless. It is vanity. That's pretty powerful. So again, while you're serving the Lord, there will be opportunities for you to say something wrong. While you're serving the Lord, something's going to happen. People are going to happen. Something is going to fill your heart in a bad way, and you're going to be tempted to, to, to call out against it, to let something loose. He said, if in that moment, if in that time, you let something loose that is not glorifying to God, that is not edifying to your fellow man. Those words obviously become idle words. 
and it makes what you're doing useless. You get no points. You get no gain. That's some powerful stuff. That's some powerful stuff. Are you hearing me? Oh, Lord, it's about time for us to close out today. I'm really enjoying this today. Let's go just one, one or two more verses, then we'll close out today. How about that? Yeah. Online community, I pray that you're really enjoying this. You're really getting something out of this, too. Let's look at this. Let's go back to verse number three. Go back to verse number three. So all of this, here again, the title for today is uh, Hold Your Tongue. Now, I want you to take this thing seriously, because God wouldn't be telling you all this stuff if there was not power within you. If there was not power within you to create positive change or negative change. If there was nothing there, then there's no point talking about all of this. But he's steering in this in this direction because I believe he wants to and is releasing more power and authority to the body of Christ. More power and authority to you to make positive changes in your life and the life of those around you in your county, your community, your region, your nation, your state, your world. So he's saying, before I release or as he releases greater power and authority, because understand the power and authority that you have in believer as a believer is released out of your mouth. You cast out demons through the words that you say. Are you hearing me? You speak blessings through the words that you say. It's, it's right there in your mouth. Are you hearing? This is why the enemy fights you so bad. He fought me so bad over the years. Don't say anything. Don't say anything. And I, I stuttered and I stammered and I thought that I have any worth. I thought that I didn't have any value. So long I was told to be quiet and people laughed at me and they talked about me because I stuttered and I stammered and I had such a low self-esteem. It was the attack of the enemy trying to tell me, be quiet, be quiet, shut up, don't say anything don't say anything so he kept me down kept me caged until the word of the Lord came until the spirit of God came and he set a fire within me and his word in me was like it was like fire shut up in my bones and I had to speak I had to proclaim and that prison that I was in was broken so in me will fight you let me tell you let me speak this prophetically if you feel fear and intimidation when the times that you should speak, you should speak forth, I tell you now, it's the enemy. And he's fighting you because you have something to say, something very powerful to say. And he'll continue to fight you. And you're going to have to just grow up in that and declare that my God is greater. Are you hearing me? Oh, my God, I can't wait to get so much more of this with you. Uh, I can't wait to get so much more with you. We're going to stop right there today. I don't want to go any further because the, even the very next part of this is even more, is even more powerful. And I don't want to try to shrink it down. I don't want to try to shrink it down to fit it in. I want to give you the full course of the Word of God. Are you hearing me? So what I want to say to you again today Please understand that there is power in your mouth. There's power in your mouth. There's power to speak life 
or to speak death. You control the atmosphere around you. If you're feeling depressed, begin to speak life, begin to speak words of joy. If you can say nothing, just say Jesus, 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 Jesus. This is the time when you should all have some sort of daily confession, some sort of daily reminder as to who you are and who God made you to be. Where you may be declaring, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The word of God says, be holy for I am holy, says the Lord. So you can say, I am holy. I am holy. I am righteous. I am redeemed. I am forgiven. You can begin to say those things because again, when those words come up and they come out, they bust and they create the atmosphere all around you. You don't have to be ruled by fear. I'm a witness to that. You don't have to be ruled by dread. I'm a witness to that. You can become more than a conqueror. Really, tell the truth about it, you actually are more than a conqueror. There are just some things that are holding us down. And it could be some, you know, words too, they don't have a shelf life. Something said to you 15, 20 years ago can still affect you today. Something said to you in your childhood can still affect you today. You can still hear the echoes of that, the echoes over and over and over again. But you're going to stop those by speaking contrary words. Declare, I'm not that. I am this. Are you hearing me? So it's not just you not saying something, but it's also you're saying the right things. Let me end with this, this illustration. I saw this. This man driving this car, I see a man driving the car down the highway, driving the car down the highway, flat road. As long as he had his foot on the gas, the car was going forward. But when he took his foot off the gas, the car was still going forward, but you know what's happening. It's slowing down. No longer is he... Um, moving forward, that is saying things. You say, well, I don't want to say the wrong thing, so I'm not going to say anything. Well, okay, it's great. You're not saying anything. That's wonderful. But you're slowing down. Eventually, you're going to stop. It's not just not saying the wrong things, but it's also saying the right things. Putting your foot back on the gas, but turning the car in the right direction. Does that make sense? You hold the power to your financial future. You hold the power to your financial, to your destiny, spiritual destiny. You can speak, and these things will come to pass. But again, it's the words that just that come up and come out of you. You say, I don't really believe that I'm holy. Keep saying it, because the more you say it, the more it gets here. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the more you hear it, the more you experience it, the more it develops in you. And as it develops in you, it will produce out of you. I pray you've heard the word of God today. We'll stop right there in Jesus' mighty name. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Remember, if you would like to hear today's message in its entirety or hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. 
That's kingdomrock.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast and get it on the go. And if you have a Roku device, make sure you search for Kingdom Rock TV. In there, you will find this program and so much more. We would also love to see you in a live service. Just go to our website to get the details at www.kingdomrock.org. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose Him as your Lord today. Only He can make a way.